Breathing in diesel exhaust fumes is like walking into a fire without a mask. Over time, those toxins lead to cancer. Protect yourself with MagnaGrip, the easiest, most reliable exhaust removal system that features a true 100% seal to eliminate diesel exhaust fumes. To get free grant assistance, visit MagnaGrip.com. Welcome back to another episode of Main Street Firefighting, a podcast by Fire Engineering. My name is Lex Shady, and with me is my partner, Chris Tobin. Before we get started, we'd again like to thank Fire Engineering for the opportunity, and you all for tuning in. Tonight, we're joined by Justin McWilliams with Clackamas County Fire in Oregon. You're probably familiar with his teachings on search or the social media page, The Search Culture. We had the opportunity to pick his brain on all things search and how that correlates to knowing your area and your buildings. We hope you enjoy. Thanks again, Justin, for joining us tonight. Uh, really appreciate it. Excited to you know get your experience, talk about buildings a little bit. Before we get started, um, bef- for those who don't know you, can you give us a little bit about your bio and maybe some of the, your experience in the fire service? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, a little bit of a bio is uh, I started as a volunteer in uh, the year 2000, and uh, I always wanted to be a cop. But then I uh, rode around with my, da- my dad's best friend, and he said, don't be a cop. It's <laughs> paperwork. And uh, people love firemen. So literally between like 16 and 18, I kind of changed my mind, and I started uh, looking at the fire firefighter role. Uh, I started as a volunteer. I didn't uh, I didn't make it as a as a volunteer. I um, I got fired within about 11 months, <laughs> and then I went into firefighter school, and then got picked up a, a, as a sleeper somewhere uh, in Albany at the Albany Fire, and then uh, which is another uh, town south of us that's outside of Eugene, and then I became um, a part timer there, uh, which. I know I said earlier, we were talking before we were recording, like there's no such thing as part-timers. Mm-hmm. I call it more of a scab. So I was a non-union full-time firefighter because when somebody gets hurt, we come on full-time. Gotcha, so I was there for okay. a little bit of a year. And then, um, and then, so I was not, I wasn't completely uh, sworn on there. So then I went to another department, uh, Springfield Fire outside of Eugene. I was there for about a year and a half. I quit. And um, about a year and a half in, wasn't liking it. And then um, started riding a, a box for a private ambulance. And um, I loved it because I knew I was just going to be there for a part time. And then I got picked up at Clackamas. That's awesome. So, um, one question. So well, go ahead. What's a sleeper? What a sleeper is someone that um, you're a volunteer. But um, you sleep there, so you just pull oh, okay. shifts. Okay. So we pull, we'd still pull twenty uh, four hour shifts there. But like, if we had a job or if we had schooling, we were excused for those hours in those days. Gotcha. Okay. So same kind of thing. Awesome. But then so, you have so what? Assignment. What company are you assigned to right now with Clackamas? Uh, so I'm the captain of, of Station 5, which has a heavy rescue. Okay, cool. So can you kind so of explain? It's four-person four station. Uh, it's four-person station. So what's interesting about our our department, I uh, besides Baltimore, what, Truck 15, but that's no more. Um, I don't know of any other really departments that, that run dry houses right. uh, like us. So we have uh, our truck companies are dry, 
and uh, their tillers they have they have a pump on them but they got like a trash pump or something on them mm-hmm. and then our heavy rescue is dry it's it, we don't have an engine with us and uh it has like 60 gallons of foam and fury we call it so pretty much <laughs> we can you know put out trash fires or mm-hmm. uh some car fires but not all wow awesome so yeah i was i did not know that that's how y'all ran out there so you guys cover i'm assuming the whole county like most heavy rescue companies do yeah so um heavy rescue is pretty rare uh in oregon at least uh i don't know too much about the west coast i bet you there's more in the populated areas of like california Mm -hmm. but in oregon there's only a handful and we're the only ones that really kind of run like us uh we we run about 300 square miles so that's our department's area mm-hmm. um, for fire, for structure fire. So we don't go to barn fires, but we go to other, uh, all the other structure fires. We go to uh, all the heavy extrications, uh, vehicle machinery, collapse, confined space, rope. And then so our rope rescue and our all the rest of our tech team stuff, Yeah, um, it goes beyond that 300 square miles. Wow. Okay. So we, we can go outside of our counties sure. for that. Special calls, so, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and it happens often for a rope rescue. It happens often for the rest of the stuff. It just doesn't. Sure. So now walk us through what happens for a fire at your company. What, what does that mean when you guys go to like a structure fire? Um, so, well, when we began, so we, our heavy rescue is pretty young. Um, we started uh, the heavy rescue company in October of 2014. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody came from trucks at that time used our trucks and got and, and made up that company so we stole from the other companies mm-hmm. and at that time uh we had no boundaries no one knew what we were going to do and we had a pumper next to us but it had no tools on it and it only had uh maybe a little bit of hose i can't remember mm-hmm. you know i mean this is almost a decade ago and the idea was is that if we had a first due fire that we would jump into the engine okay Everything else we'd see on the heavy rescue. Well, if anybody else knows about swing companies, swing companies don't work because of time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So we have, uh, in the probably one year, I don't even know however long that engine five was there sitting next to us. We'd never swing uh, swing into it, swung into it. (laughs) So we never swung into it. We always took the heavy rescue, Mm -hmm. even when we had first two fires. Mm -hmm. So that being said, um, we had companies uh, that were, we had crews that loved to go to the roof. And so they took the roof and we had companies that wanted to search. So we would go to search. And so, um, it probably took a few years of us, um, going to fires. And I'm talking a few years. Cause like, I don't, I don't know if you guys have ever been to a department that like added in a ladder company or added in some other type of company that's not normal for them. Uh, it takes some years to go through the bumps mm-hmm. of even like parking that apparatus. So with <laughs> us, you know, it's a pretty big rig. And so like, dude, we would park just like a cop would. Um, cause we'd be first due, second due. And then we'd block, we'd block <laughs> hydrants. We'd block the, we'd block the, the front of the building. Uh, we'd block, um, the ley line, you know? So it took us a while to pick up that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And then, um, a couple years into it, we we still started getting more of an identity of what we were going to do when we were going to do search. And the reason I think that it started going towards that is that we started making rescues mm-hmm. and having successes. And so, and we already had ladder companies. And ladder companies, they're like, well, we don't 
they wanted us to identify ourselves so that they can get work and we can have work as mm-hmm. well. Um, the problem is, is that we got so deep into the search is that they would hold the search until we got there. Oh, wow. So we would have some long-ass responses to some rural areas, mm-hmm. and uh, we'd get off and we'd, we'd become search. And, you know, I mean, we they would definitely, you know, um, um, stack up like the fire attack, you know, first engine, second engine, whatnot, but get, you know, topside bank going. But uh, at some point, it was too far swung, mm-hmm. and then we had to have a culture shift within our department of going, okay, this res- this rescue is a great asset, but we're here to, here to help. Uh, but we can't hold up like an assignment because of the rig. Right. Sure. So yeah. let's skip forward to today. Um, so I was a fireman then, and then uh, I was a lieutenant on the heavy rescue, and now I'm a uh, I'm a captain of the rescue. But so like I've been I've seen some of the involvement um, going on with it with the place, and so now what we have is that we have uh we go to a single family residence um we roll up with four we are pretty much default to search unless unless t- told otherwise uh we have we have assignments the front two the officer and the driver they're a crew of two um i usually get off the rig first um i'm usually the quickest off the rig and uh my job is just to go get my eyes on the building i get two sides two to three sides if possible, just to get a size up. Just like if we're gonna do a go to the roof or go to interior. And uh, I asked for an assignment, typically about, you know, whatever, 30 seconds out so that when I pull the e-brake, uh, well, I don't pull the e-brake, when the, when the driver pulls the e-brake is that everybody knows what we're doing and uh, there's no stall. Mm-hmm. So uh, the firefighters in the back, they jump off. They, if the, if they're searching, we're searching ahead of the line, uh, their job will be to um, is to take the can and go find fire. That's their priority. And then when, once the driver rolls up with me, um, there'll be a ladder thrown to a window, and then we either decide to go to through a window or we go to the door. It just depends on um, we just target search an area, and then we and then once um, we get inside, <clears throat> we just start working back towards uh, the firefighters and their search. So it's kind of the basic idea of what we do. I mean for our search for our fires rock on yeah so um yeah i mean we're, we're pretty much the same way except we just have two more two more people on our rig we have six so but it sounds pretty similar um in every which way so a little larger response area and primarily for search but like i said we just have two more that may do something else but um well that's cool so we really wanted to kind of start big picture with you and you know you're the search guy right i mean like you've been doing teaching search for how long do you think now how long have you been doing search on like the grand scale that you do it on oh just i mean just for teaching shit yeah i mean i've been learning for a hell of a lot longer i've been teaching it um shit man <laughs> uh just since brother in battle has been around so whenever we whenever we started teaching our search um i, I just probably say it's only been it hasn't been that long i mean i think it's only been like eight years or something like that so, um, yeah, long enough. So somewhere on there. Yeah, we can we can safely say probably about a decade for sure. No, because obviously everyone starts teaching informally a little bit, and then it spreads to you know a more formal platform. So I basically wanted to have you on because I wanted you to bring everything you do and have learned from that and apply it to small town America, right? Taxpayer, two story brick, antique store on the first floor, residence on the second floor. 
you know, what everything you know about search, throw it into that occupancy, and then basically just go. Well, what, what do you think? What would you tell a small town fire department that's listening right now, who has no notion of search, right? Because we all know where that department, we, we all know that those departments exist probably more than not. And, you know, it's water first. Um, ladder trucks are used for master streams, not access. Heavy rescues aren't a thing. Um, search is just kind of one of those things that occurs if, if it can, right? Um, so, so what do we do? What do we do with that, right? What do we do for small town America, fire on Main Street, everything you know about search? What, what would you tell that fire department or that chief, you know, here's what's possible. You know, what, what would you say to that question? Well, <laughs> what's funny you talk about this is that uh, I've talked, I've, um, you're talking about small town America, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I really thought we were kicking ass in the fire service for like search, especially the last five years. Uh, I've talked to uh, at least two, if not three, of the some of the top couple largest departments in the nation. Um, and they don't even teach search really. No. <laughs> um, I'm talking like one of them teaches about a, one hour out of the IFSTA book. Um, and it, and it depends on whoever it chooses. Like, it's not even a search guy, dude. It's just, they, they're like, yep, they kind of read out of it. And then one of the other departments, so there's, a, there's at least two on my mind right now, uh, zero. The answer is fucking zero um, for their academy. So. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I will tell you what is my message. My message would be this: is that um, uh, is it? I I would have to go back to focus on what we teach our new recruits. Um, week one, day one, when I get them uh, in the academy, and I get them. Well, I get them for. Oh, I mean, I get them for a week or whatever, but I can get them for longer than that. But. Um, I get to dictate, or my my cadre gets to dictate what we get to talk about and what we're going to do for search and rescue. But I typically spend the first hour or two all on mindset. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if small town America, and we're talking about, you know, we have engine companies, which no big deal. I don't give a shit if you have ladder trucks or heavy rescues or not. Like we all have the we all have the same job to do. Um, is that what are we here for? And I think that. You have to really sit down with the people, the the small, the those firefighters, the chief officers, the people that make decisions there, and really get down to them of like, what are you here for, and and really ask them like like, what do you think the reason of the fire service is here for? What do you think uh, Mrs. Smith really wants from us? And so this is where I think I I, I might a little bit different than I think a lot of people that you guys probably kind of run into. I'm more of a, uh, I am, I'm not afraid of conflict at all. Um, but also I try to tread in the direction of asking questions and so that we can actually get on the same page and like learn from each other. I am, I started the search culture Facebook page and teaching because I wanted to learn more. I didn't, you know, I was failing over a decade ago. I mean, I still do nowadays, but like I was failing in a lot of, you know, a lot of my searches and like, I'm like, I wanted to learn faster. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I think a lot of the people like us feel that way. Like we know that we mess up on every fire, but so let's ask you guys, like if I was going to ask you, what do you think Mrs. Smith wants out of the fire service? Like what are the top three things? 
yeah, I mean, I would say to be saved from a burning building would be the number life safety, right? I mean, I think, well, I'm a little biased, obviously. You know, I come from the fire service side of that answer. But uh, um, yeah. I would say save me, save my stuff. Save me, save my pet, save my stuff. I mean, that that's it right there, the yep. three things. So, so yeah, exactly. yeah. So, so save me, save my pet, save my stuff. Oh, I love that. I just yeah. put out a, uh, I just put out a post. Um, <laughs> I was going through. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I was looking at an old post, and then Brian Olson. He, I don't know. I think he just rose from the dead like a couple days ago, and he was like, <laughs> he, uh, man, he, uh, he put, he attached, um, oh, uh, Tom Brennan, uh, yeah, Brennan's. Um, um, what the hell is it? Thoughts, random yeah. thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great book. February nineteen eighty-eight. Random thoughts by Tom Brennan, right? Yep. Uh, and we were talking. You know, I, I I talk a lot about search and when entering windows and shit. And he talks about vent, enter, and search. And the objective is to search one room at a time. And so we were, uh, you know, then I'm like, well, do you think, you know, obviously, like, I do a lot of uh, dictionary and synonym and antonym kind of lookups <laughs> kind of shit. So I can understand what I'm really talking about sometimes. So mm-hmm. when he starts talking about the objective, which would be, let's just say the goal mm-hmm. is to search one room at a time. I'm like, I'll just reach back out and be like, okay, talking to people like, firefighter like Keith Nicolello, right? He just retired out of uh, ladder 30 in the Bronx after like 30 years. He was, he was almost on ladder 30 for 30 years. He got hired in 1980 and he just retired in 2020. And like talking to him and then backing it up with Brennan's um, uh, um, statement, I'm like, there's no way I don't believe that they mean only one room or they would have stated that. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of went back and forth, right? I mean, sure. it's very subjective. Um, but there's not a lot of documentation on, and we're t- specifically talking about vent enter search. I'm not talking about searching through windows because we all know that like, you know, shit. Um, the London Fire Brigade's been doing it doing it for hundreds of years. And, you know, um, James Braidswood ha- has documentation of doing that, you know, searching through windows sure. in the early 1800s. But I'm just talking about the term BES or the the acronym and shit like that. So, so so yeah, anyway, yeah. I mean, and that, that's that's uh, that's always a question that comes up: is this a is this an in and out one room at a time, move the ladder, or is this a in down the hallway, continue on, right? Like, and my answer yeah, is always, it, it depends. <laughs> I mean, it it definitely depends. And so this kind of goes back to like your I guess like what you're trying to ask or before is that you're saying like you know a small town America. You know, if they're not, you know, they're just doing their job about search. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about? And then it's like, let's just start talking about search and like the idea of let's just talk about fear because fear is typically what holds people back from searching. Correct. Um, it could be, I mean, I don't care what it is. It can be searching a large room. It can be searching a McMansion. It could be searching a house with a basement. Mm-hmm. You know, you name it, right? Mm-hmm. So what we need to start looking at there is that what is the fear? And so that whatever company I'm talking to and, you know, across, you know, across the States or whatever man or woman I'm talking to or chief or whoever, right. Training officer. I usually ask like, okay, what is stopping us from performing this tactic? Whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And it typically takes a while to actually break it down because they're trying to get, you know, I, I, we got to build some trust because I mean, I can't, you know, I believe they're probably, most people think I just, I'm just going to here to be blowing them up and I'm not here to blow you up. I'm here to, um, I want to come across as in like actually defining and breaking down your fear right. because typically if I know what you're, is stopping you from doing it, which would equate to fear and fear is a liar, then I can get us past that. Right. So that's how I would, I would probably come across to small town America is more of really getting down to them and asking them, what's the mission? What do you think the people want? And then what is stopping us from committing to that? Sure. Um, I guess my question then would be, have you, have you seen it? Like I said, you've been out there a couple of years now and obviously you're not the only one teaching search. Um, and I think it definitely has improved, uh, shoot, since I came on the fire service in 03, um, it's, it's definitely improved, but have you seen it kind of go the other way a little too much to where now people are dipping into stuff that they don't have the training for, or they're getting themselves jammed up maybe without the water in place, or they're doing some searches that are a little sketchy. Um, I'm just saying maybe the tactic is outpacing the training or the capability of the rescuer. Have you ever have you seen that yet? Yeah, dude, I did one last last month and one a month prior to that. Okay, I outpaced myself quite often. I mean, I, I mean, uh, it does happen. Um, I mean, I can tell you many. I mean, I mean, it happens to me probably a couple times a year I get into a, a fire and uh, dude it doesn't go great sure like I didn't get I don't I don't die obviously I'm here today <laughs> yeah so, no no but, so, uh, so but here's the thing is is you know we, we me and you have the same roles on the fire and like you it's it's about the same for me also but the big difference yeah. is is me and you know we we know we we know what we don't know. You understand what I'm saying? Like we know when yeah. we know when we start getting in some stuff that we shouldn't be in. We know when to turn around. My question yeah. is: that, Have you seen it to where whether it's the social media aspect of the fire service, the the lack of experience in the fire service, or the brain drain, those things coming together, and now all of a sudden you have a department, young chief, go get in department, and and they take all the stuff, great, but they misapply it a little too aggressively. Have, have you seen any of that? Do you think? Um, you know, like, uh, actually physically, no, because I, I only work for one department, right? Sure. And, uh, I'm not a huge buff. Um, <laughs> like yeah. I, when I'm on vacation, I am on vacation. Right, like, right. If I see like, like, like what we said, yeah, I mean, we, we don't bother our buddies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but on the interwebs, so like if we went back to like the interwebs, yes, just the way that people speak. Sure. Yes. Because if you can't explain it, and this is where, if anybody follows the search culture page, they'll see that like I'll post stuff on search culture, but I, uh, and I'm the only one to post on search culture, mm-hmm. but I usually respond in the only um, as Justin McWilliams. Mm-hmm. The only time I don't respond as Justin McWilliams is when I screw up and I put down a search culture, right? And there, I do it for multiple reasons. One is because I want I want to be held accountable. I don't want to be hiding behind a page name. Now, I don't have a page name of Justin McWilliams Search because uh, I think uh, that's not what I want. I right. want I want it to be bigger than that. It's not about me. It's about the you know. It's all of our page. Um, but if you go on that page, is more of when I, we go to comments. I I will when people have a thought that is not fully thought out. 
or they're like, oh yeah, like because you know someone brings up, it can be on any page. It can be like some page that puts out a thing like, what are you gonna do? And they're like, oh BS. And then all of a sudden I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna go on there. I'm like, okay, hold on a second. Yeah, right. uh, you're gonna just break that fucking window and go in, go in that thing. Like, okay, yeah. have you thought about? Listen, okay, for, first off, like, why have you? Why why would you? You have no engine company on scene. Um, the window you're talking about is, uh, is, you know, whatever. I don't give. I mean, I can't. I, I can't even think of something right now on top of my head. But it could be something that's like they're not stepping through it. Mm-hmm. They could be doing something as easy as following pages mm-hmm. and getting the uh, the the two inch tread that's below that water and they're not going on full depth. And so they're trying to apply that to every fire. And that is where like we are uh, failing. I mean, I don't know if failing, but what really sucks is social media yeah. is that do we very rarely go, go deep. We, we barely, we mostly go light. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that has to do with, because I believe is because uh, people are too afraid of hurt people's feelings, and then people will light people up and saying, "Oh, hey, it's a keyboard warrior." Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so to me, a keyboard warrior is somebody that is like, um, dude, making fun of a department for like whatever they're doing, right? Doing some stupid shit. Now, instead, you could pose a question or be constructive. But you don't just straight up call these people idiots. Like, it would be like a one word, you know, it could be a one word freaking uh, communication. Idiots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, what does that do for anybody? That kind of shit just pisses me off. Right. I think it's now, important if, to phrase it yeah. as like, I want to learn from this. What could we do differently? Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, I mean, search, as you know, is the great unknown in the fire service. There's no rigid anything. There's no right way to do it. You're just going in the space to find a thing that may or not be there. <laughs> like that's it right that's your parameters yeah. you know um and i mean it's, 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 it's crazy right so like that's what you're dealing with so <laughs> it's there's a my point is there's a lot to mess up and there's quite honestly you can bullshit yourself and sound like like you're awesome but i mean it, it's just it's a sport with very little rules and a really big end zone you know what i mean so so how does uh, you cover a wide area? And we talked a little bit about this before we were recording. Cover a vast majority of types of buildings, you know, rural to kind of sub, sub, suburban, very little high rise. But how does the building construction, or does it um, affect the way you go about your search? Um, well, I mean, if you're talking about construction specific. I mean, there's a million things, ways that I think we can go about this. If mm-hmm. we're talking about residential versus we'll go residential. We'll go residential. Okay, let's just break it down to even like single family residents versus uh, multifamily. Or yeah, for right now, so let's go single family. So my department, um, we cover multiple multiple cities, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, Oregon City is like one of the first, like it was the first founded city, like west of the uh, Rockies. And so, you know, that that's not very old. I mean, the West Coast is pretty young in general, mm-hmm. but most, so like Oregon City, there's a ton of buildings in there that are, um, that are 1800s mm-hmm. to, so our single family residents, we have a lot of balloon frame. Mm-hmm. So it depends on what area you live in in the country, 
um, that could be different. That could be within like probably I think a decade, one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Ours is like eighteen eighty to like eighteen thirty or or no, sorry nineteen thirty. Mm-hmm. We had about fifty years or so of um, balloon frame construction. So when we go to that city, and and also uh, the city of Milwaukee. And then also when we go to the rural areas, some of our rural areas and our farmhouses and stuff, mm-hmm. is that we have balloon frame. Um, one of the things that we had to learn over these last few decades is that, and I mean, we should have known this years ago, but I mean, our department didn't have that culture. We were just, we were different, mm-hmm. right? Um, is that what's the priority of search? Like when you when we arrive on scene, uh, let's just say I mean if it's, if the heavy rescue shows up first or the engine company shows up first, it doesn't really matter. Like, what's the priority for search? And it's to clear space. That? I would say to clear space. Clear space. Yeah, I would say to clear a space to essentially you know occupy a space inside a building and to clear it to make sure there's no. Oh, wind. okay. Yep, yep, yep. So jargon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. jargon. We can go down. Centuries <laughs> of that That's a whole other rabbit hole. Yeah, that is. Um, so. What about to locate fire? Sure. Right? Yep. So I think, you know, now obviously that was a setup. Um, I wasn't uh, trying to set you up or anybody else. And I'm not saying that I'm right. But a lot of the times people will be like, well, what's the priority of search? And it's like, well, or what's the priority of the fire ground? It's life first, right? So yes, but does that automatically mean that we have to rescue everybody right away? Like sometimes when we show up to the fires, it's better for us to locate the fire first or we're going to hurt and kill more civilians in the long run. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, and that's something that, you know, like our old truck companies, they would just go in and close doors. You know, they would confine the fire right away if they could. Yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's a big deal. That's something that I think goes away if you start buying quints and start getting away from dedicated truck companies. That's, all, that's a whole level of knowledge and skill that just erodes away. Because you dilute it with an engine package on a truck company, you know what I'm saying? So. Oh, ab- absolutely. But like, also, I mean, going back to like, it's our building construction as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I rarely go into a, a a fire anymore that I can isolate it. Sure. I mean, that's that's a huge rarity. If you if I if if I go into Oregon City or Milwaukee and we go to a single family residence and it's a balloon frame or out there on the farms, um, yeah, you could probably even if it's in the kitchen. So think about anything that's new nowadays. We're saying like whatever night since nineteen nineties plus mm-hmm. or whatever it sure. is. Um, you can't you can't isolate a kitchen fire. No, there's no door there. You no. might have some like like bar doors or whatever, like the bifold swing doors or something. But yeah, there's nothing there. The open concept. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean that's what I mean. You can't isolate it from floor two. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's what's lucky to work where me and Lex work. I mean, we go to work and we step back in time. Like we're we're in the twentieth century still. Um, it's yeah. fantastic. It's not a problem we have to deal with. All of our buildings are 1890s to, you know, we don't have to mess with the new stuff. We're, we're an old, so blue, old building. Blue frame? You know, yeah, not, so, not, not so much. We have more, way more brick. Even yeah. residential, our residential oh, yeah. buildings are mostly brick. But, so. but definitely pipe chases. They're not fire blocked one way or another. Yeah. Um, it's right. not, I would say it's like in between a balloon frame and just like a non-fire blocked like platform frame. Mm-hmm. The vertical spread interior voids is definitely a thing in these fires, but not as mm-hmm. bad. We're not talking like Boston or San Francisco. We're not talking like that kind of. Um, nasty balloon frame stuff like a farmhouse yeah. we don't typically deal with that kind of problem 
yeah so like that's a whole different i mean that's the thing about construction it's crazy i mean um so like bloom frame for us right so let's just uh I'll get back up track a little bit so i'm not going all over the place with you guys um so let's go back to this balloon frame we show up and we got we got smoke showing like where do we go <laughs> What do you, I mean, where does where does a where does a, a brand new rookie go? Where does a a ten year guy go? Where does someone that really actually knows something about balloon frame go? Right. Uh, when you're locating cool. fire, do you go to the basement first? I do. Okay. So like that's the thing. Like you don't want the fire below you, right? I Correct. mean, yep. almost every, like the two things that I kind of preach from what I've heard. I never. I didn't make this shit up. Uh, is that. Uh, the the most dangerous time in, inside of a structure is when when we don't know the location of the fire. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. The more dangerous when I say dangerous and risky and shit, that is up for interpretation completely, right? Right. Um, yeah, I mean, well, it's definitely a red, it's definitely a red flag, right? I mean, like we all listen to radio traffic. As soon as you start hearing stuff like, I need more, like I can't get water, and then or we haven't found the yeah. fire yet. As soon as you hear those two well, that's, things, that's like, dude, that's that's, that's two or three. That's two or three. You know the third one's going to be screaming. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's just like, you know. You start hearing the radio traffic, right? You start hearing those things in the radio traffic. So, yeah, that's definitely a big one. We can't find the fire. That's, that's never good to hear. So Absolutely. So, like, balloon frame, I think you have to identify that shit when you roll up. Mm-hmm. And if you can't identify a balloon frame, like, dude, we, we failed. Sure. I failed you. <laughs> uh, I mean... If you have balloon frame inside of your district that you serve, there is no way that you can talk about building construction and or search without talking about balloon frame. Right. Sure. So so which one would you rather mess up? The Would you rather miss the fire on the top floor late in the game? You know, when you're like, you're loading line, you're like, oh, shit, the roof's on fire in the attic now. Or would you rather go in? Oh, yeah. Or, or go and accidentally miss a, miss a basement fire. Which one do you think? A. A. <laughs> yeah, right. You'd rather miss the one up upright than the one below. So, Absolutely. I mean, I, and I tell you what we do. So, I mean, we, we got got over the past 150 years in our department. So, we do everything from the bottom up, man. It don't even matter. You know, everything gets the, – the, a basement window gets taken out almost on every 360 just to make sure that shit is not in the basement. Even if it looks gnarly on the third floor and we're looking yep. at the two and a half stories. So, we got four levels now. Um we check the basement every time just and plus honestly it could be because there's multiple fires that's something no one talks about you got oh, some yeah. arsonists running around well sure yeah. the, i mean you're right like how, how do you know they didn't light one in the basement and on the third floor you know well so well the thing is with that toby is that like people used to do that stupid shit uh only in 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 situations for training because they were fucking with us. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Like, they'd be like, oh, dude, you uh, you missed the fire. You know, there's two of them. And yeah. it's like, no, no, there wasn't. Then there was a, then there was also a, a, a civilian in the microwave. Yeah, like, right. yeah. and then, and then when you try to rescue them, they're like, oh yeah, this window doesn't work. You got to go a different way. Sure, sure. Like, right. yeah. The training scars of that kind of stuff even has stopped. Like, it, it's uh it's actually actually hindered us in a lot of our learnings i believe i mean jumpers oh uh, dude man yeah i tell you what man yeah i've only had a handful of them them fires with jumpers i've only had to come Uh over there we've had a couple dispatches you know with a report of jumpers like that is that is not a good not a good time that is not a good sound cranium on the sidewalk's not good and mattresses don't work i can tell you that much 
<laughs> no, no, matches don't work. And how do you get them out there anyways, dude? Yeah. Those stupid things come in boxes now yeah. that are like you know, three by yeah. three, but then they come out like a 12 by nine. Yeah. And uh, like I just I just talked about this the other day is about like, you know, like we we're talking about um, isolation mm. and then like, you know, like. We can go on, on and on about the isolation, but like, let's just talk about isolating a room, not isolating the fire, but actually isolating a room. Uh-huh. Like, if you enter a window and then between a burnt off door, which yep. means the fire's there, mm-hmm. and then between a door missing and then a door actually being uh, held open because of hoarding conditions. Mm-hmm. And then, what are the chances in some of those situations that there's another door in that room? And sure, yeah. a lot of those times, like, if, it, if it's burnt off, sure. Uh, but if the door's missing or if it's or it's hoarding conditions and it's open, I can't find another door. That ain't happening. Right. And so like like, you know, and I I've wrote about it a little bit, but like uh I needed to expand on it is about like they're like grab a mattress. Well I'm like that's cool twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can't grab um, that now. That's not happening now. No, 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 and twenty years ago you still have to you know, we still have to have the decision to make of like we need to have these talks of like are you taking a box spring? Are you taking the top mattress? Are you taking a king? Are you taking a twin? Mm-hmm. But nowadays, like these these stupid box, as an actual box mattresses that come like Casper and stuff that come out of the box, <laughs> dude, I can't move them when I'm not on air, yeah. sober, <laughs> um, dude. Yeah. Like I haven't worked out for three days and I'm getting help from somebody, and and it's still like if it drops on you. You yeah, you're done. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, the Tempur-Pedic mattresses aren't are like the you know yeah. Um, so you know, I mean, the the good thing is though is that at least you have that as like a backup to a backup plan in in your in your head already. You know, sure. um, say Absolutely. say you go you go to try to isolate the door and the, and you you probably had this happen where the door is so compromised the door handle comes off in your hand. You know. Oh yeah. That, you just yeah. Your, your arm goes right through the door and you're like, well that sucked. I might as well just not touch it. <laughs> you know, I just you know my helping's not helping so. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've had the opportunity to, to take a door off another room and throw it over a door or a window from an exposure. Done that. Yeah. I've gotten to do that a couple times. Um, yep. But the big thing I want to ask you is since you cover such a large area, you probably have a very poor demographic in your rural portions. What happens when you VES or you're trying to isolate or that's your goal when you go in um, and there are no doors? You have curtains. And that's, oh, yeah. Yeah, so what do you do with yeah. that, right? I mean, that's something you don't know until you're up in there. You might catch it a little bit because, you all right, well, the smoke's not adding up, right? I got fire out of this window, yeah. and I got smoke coming out of, like, way far away. Well, that's kind of weird. Is that two fires, or are all the doors just open? Well, maybe there's no doors, no. you know? So well, um, we don't we don't BES. That's the thing for Clackamas. Okay. Well, that's just the term. We just don't use the term BES. I'm just busting your balls. Um <laughs> So, I was like, well, that would be ironic. <laughs> yeah. But here, here's the reason of it is that this is partly what we're talking about right here. So we used to teach it. And then about five years ago or so, I brought up, I'm like, I asked them, like a bunch of people around the nation. I'm like, hey, dude, what do you think if my department just stops saying BES and we just start saying search? Like search from Windows, whatever. And they're like, dude, no. Like it's almost too ingrained now. And, uh, it'd be confusing for people and you know obviously we're not big enough to change the world i'm like okay and probably about a year later maybe two uh and we had a fire a chief actually when i wrote up the uh operations the frp the fire rescue protocol they're like why don't we just call this search and then from a window or whatever i'm like and i told them why Mm -hmm. and then uh a couple years later we did it we took away the whole ves term 
And the reason is, is this right here is that you're bringing up. What happens when you run into a, a, a different situation? Mm-hmm. And then what you're talking about, we're on the rural. We already took a window. We think it's a bedroom, we'll say. And then it's curtains and they're not doors. Sure. Um, our firefighters, when we teach them, is that when I go out to teach them, like I try to teach them like the basic rules of search or rules of engagement, we'll call it. And like those would be no matter what you do, like it doesn't matter a window or a door, it does not matter. You have to know the fire location. Mm-hmm. So some people actually believe that when you go in a window, that you, that priority is only the room that you search right there, right? That's your priority. Mm-hmm. Well, what if you don't know where the fire is and you're the first team inside? Yeah. Have you ever thought like the, these people ever think about going outside that door, shutting the door, isolating it and it will vent. You won't even search that room and actually going to look for the fire. And you enter that window because you believe it was a fire on floor two, so it was a better way to get there. Um, so, like, locating a fire is a big deal. And so when people sometimes uh, think that they, that let's just call it VES, and they go through the window and, let, and they don't put it together, that fire has not been located, yet all of a sudden they think that they need a VES through a window and they just need to search a room and they go. Um, is that what is doing what is best for our people what is best for our mission what is best for our civilians i would argue no Mm -hmm. so you have to teach them if you go through a door or a window you still have to if fire has not been located that's a priority sure um when we go through a door or a window we target search period like it doesn't matter target search to me is not like oh there's a person in that window let's go there or the person in this down the hall let's go there target search is just like just straight up like um someone's already searching for fire either a they're searching for fire or it's located and we are just trying to make a best guess of what we can do for the people Mm -hmm. so it could be through a bedroom window it could be through the front door it could be prioritizing down the hall or upstairs i don't care just have a reason why um and then when you start talking about uh, engagement for search. So like, you know, you're talking about, you know, what happens when you go through it and then you have these, um, these curtains. Well, we should be expecting curtain curtains. We like, I believe that most, when they teach this going through a window, uh, they teach expect a door and isolate it. Well, what if we instead taught like these engagements and then and expect there not to be a door, especially in these situations nowadays, no door or hoarder conditions. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then that way we can default back to the worst case scenario, we'll kind of call it, of like, yeah, okay, there's no door. All right, sounds good. Well, now we need to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Do we got to communicate to IC? Do we need to communicate to fire attack? Like what's, you know, what's really happening? Are we really fucking up that flow? Or are we not? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously it all depends on conditions. Because a lot of times, uh, not a lot, sometimes it's really not even that big a deal. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, there's already water on the fire. Yeah. Who cares? Right. Um, and then we got to make a decision, like communi- communicate it back to to somebody because sometimes it's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, but then um, one of my buddies, his... Uh, he works for my, he's a chief of our department and he always tells his girls, he's like, what's the number one rule? No one rule is don't freak out. And that's the thing is that we got to teach our people to be able to think and make decisions. 
So when you come up to there and we find something that's not isolatable, it's not time to freak out. It's time to, to look around, uh, do a little conditions, actions, needs kind of report, you know, to yourself or to your partner. I don't really care what you, well, you know, it all depends on what's going on. And then, and then let's move on. When you're teaching, do you sometimes find too that there's maybe less stigma or fear when you're talking about search, when you say searching through a window versus VES? Oh, you're just talking about the terms? Yeah. Like, do you think by removing BES and just saying searching through a window that that helps alleviate some of, like, the fears we talked about earlier? Because I think sometimes, I know I've seen in classes where people start talking about BES and, like, this is the most dangerous way to perform search and this is the most dangerous thing you can do on a fire. But if you just say searching through a window, people are like, okay. Have you yeah. seen that? Um, yes and no. Um, one thing it does do is that when other firefighters come to our department, because we get a lot of laterals and shit like that with our department, mm-hmm. um, is that uh, they have a less... they The term BES, they, they, they typically come in and then they would fuck up the search every time when we're, when we're teaching it. <laughs> and we're like, dude, it's just a search. And so, like, they would have barriers mm-hmm. where our department doesn't. Okay. But then what you're talking about is, like, the fear from it is uh, if you look up in IFSTA or if you look up in Del Mar or if you look up in uh, IFSAC or whatever, any of those any of those big uh, books that I bet you a majority of the fire service is learning from, they actually have under search now, like they literally have a full page knocking on searching through windows. It's the most dangerous, but mm-hmm. they do give no facts. They give no stories. They give nothing to support it. They say uh, it should never be done except this, but they don't tell us why or when to actually perform it. So it's all negative connotation. It's, it's all negative towards it. And so I don't know if that's where the fear comes from. Mm-hmm. So like when you say like, oh, we just start throwing out the word searching from a window, they've never even heard of the term then most likely. Right. And they're like, oh, okay, well, we'll just do that. So, yeah, I mean, I really don't know uh, because I think it's case-by-case case scenario. So, like, you know, like, uh, these are the kind of conversations I have with a lot of the departments when I go, when I do teach, is that, like, let's stop putting this in a box and let's just start talking about search in general. Mm-hmm. And let's not talk about VES um, as it happens when there's reports. It only happens when uh, there's extreme conditions. It only happens when blah, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, we search. And then we search through windows when it is beneficial to the mission, period. Yep. And then what does that mean? Oh, it's, it means that um, there's a line going to the front door and search it behind them. And so we are going to bypass them, get ahead of the hose line and not have to climb the stairs. We're not going to have to find the stairs. We're not going to clog up the stairs. And we're going to um, do a multi-pronged approach, which will reduce our time to complete a primary and hopefully to locate and execute our victims. So, yeah. So I, I would say it does a little bit here and there. But I think it really has to do with us being able to explain it and really break it down to people. Mm-hmm. And then um, my, my problem is, Lexi, is that like with a lot of the shit is that people take classes and then they want to bring it back and then they talk like me. <laughs> uh, and one of my biggest rules 
uh, well, I don't have probies on my rig, but when I did, when I was a pro- when I was a probie lieutenant, is like one of the biggest things is like you cannot talk like me. Right. Um, you cannot. You don't have the relationship with others that I do. And then same with when I teach. When I teach, um, I am giving you information. And believe me, I I have this is a study of mine. This is not like a one year degree. I have been studying this, let's say, for like you guys are talking about, like, like a decade or more. I've, I've been studying this more than that just because of like I've only been teaching out like the, you know, outside of my department for mm-hmm. eight-ish years. But I've been teaching within my department for longer than that. And then I've been learning myself for even longer is that like this is a degree. So like if you just read one of my chapters or if you just take one of the classes I'm in and you talk like I do, you better have the knowledge to be able to back up when people are, are listening to you. Right. And the problem is, is like, you know, like you guys have all seen, there's no way that you guys haven't seen it, is that we had it, same with Brothers in Battle, with, um, they came around and did forcible entry. We had awesome firemen, and then they'd come back, like, who are these kids thinking they can kick our ass and force indoors? And it's like, well, well let's lay it out. Let's do it side by side. But it's their tactic mm-hmm. of how they brought it back. Mm-hmm. Right. Because they're excited. I get it. They're excited. But they have to know, like, your, you have to know your audience. Yes. Yeah. And like you said, if you don't have the ability or the depth to be able to, all you're doing is repeating what you've heard and you can't answer a question of why it works for where you're at, then it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. You know, I, I, get, um, I get what oh, you're yeah. saying. I think that's the big, the big problem, like you said, with inexperienced people, they learn a methodology and then they, they bring back a message. And a fire chief Ooh. and tenured members don't want a message. You know, they want a method. So, Ooh, I like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I totally know what you're talking about. <laughs> write that about. down. Write that down. <laughs> you, you can put that put it on the socials. I'm not. I yep. won't. I won't be there to see it. But um, that's good. But I know you. That's that's totally um, accurate. You know, I think we've all. I've been on. I've been on both sides of that. You know. Um, so that that's just something. That, that's a wrinkle that irons itself out with time and experience. But um, also, that's why a company like yours needs to come out and needs to have you know, a figurehead as yourself would be the one to deliver that methodology, like I said, um, and back it up. So, you know, I'm very lucky. Like I'm very lucky. Um, I've been very, I mean, uh, I'm very blessed to be where I'm at like today. Sure. Uh, again, like even, like even my position, like I've never wanted to promote ever, but I was forced to in (laughs) different situations, but, um, I'm very lucky to like, at, at, the point I, I, uh, I was out of this game, like my mind was not where I wanted, like where it is today with the fire service. And then I found it again, you know, I found my love for it. And so, uh, I did it early enough that I was with people that were awesome before they retired mm-hmm. and I was able to grasp things from them, but also, uh, just timing wise and like, um, I was able to grab that as well. But, but even more importantly, which is weird, is like, uh, you know, like there's people that go out there. And so there's always these people that downplay others that go out there and make posts or teach classes or whatever it is, you know? And, and my thing is, is like, who the hell am I to tell anybody else that they're good enough or not, or they have enough experience or they have enough time on to, to be able to teach or not. Um, like Mike Lombardo, I love Mike Lombardo. 
love him. I've learned a ton from him, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. But guess what I've never done with him? Go fight fire. <laughs> I've never fought a fire with him. Yeah. I have never performed a search with him. I'm glad you said that because there's a lot of other <laughs> a lot of other routes you could have gone with that. Yeah. Um, I think I knew where you were going with that one. Yeah. So, like, but that's the thing is, like, um, we need to vet if if, a, if if someone reaches out and they're asking, hey, I need someone to help me teach hose, fire attack, two and a half, high rise, wildland, I don't give a shit, whatever it is, right? Topside vent, vertical vent on a flat roof, on a pitch roof, whatever. Like, if it's a pitch roof, like a me, I'm like, well, I'm probably going to the West Coast, right? So mm-hmm. I'm going to flat roof. Yeah. Well, maybe LA, but it depends on your construction. It could be the East Coast. Sure. But it definitely is in the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. Um but I think that uh, it's better to to encourage others to reach out to certain people to have uh, them influence themselves in their department and other other people's departments than it is to like go out there. I'm not. A, I hate the whole um, shut them down kind of kind of ways. Like because we don't know anything. Like. I don't know if you like you guys ever heard of the rescue survey. So the firefighter rescue survey. Mm-hmm. When we started it up, like 2016, um, dude, we were getting smashed on by some big name people, and it's just like, okay, well, just help us. Like, like, what, what's the problem? And the problem was, is like, I have, I don't know. We can only speculate it, so it doesn't matter uh, at this point. But like, the good thing is. Is that guess what the data backs the data that we're collecting in the rescue survey backs up our experience, right? Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. Like that's that's the best outcome we can have. There's usually like I was thinking about this earlier, but like um, data supports our experience. But have you ever seen experience support our data? Like it's in. Yeah, like, you know, I guess you saw a little bit of that with the. Well, I mean, you were there with when it got weird, you know, back in like five or six years ago with all the the studies with the um, extinguishment studies, right? Before yes. before the interior one, we everything we said, we were all smashed on because it was all you couldn't prove it, and then it was proven. So yeah, I would say that would be an example of the science proving for once experience right. Yeah, so, but yeah. yeah, it's just that it's it's definitely interesting. Um, how we go about things and stuff so yeah yeah uh, I, mean, I don't know it's like when it comes to like vet instructors and searching and all that kind of stuff i just basically tell people who i've learned from you know like if, yeah. if you were to say i don't i would never tell anyone to go take someone's class who i didn't take and if it was so well, like they asked and if they would ask well why would you why would you tell me that person i'd be well that's who taught me you know yep good enough for me good enough for you you know what I, mean? and I think it's difficult to i mean you hit on a little bit but there's so much on social media and the depth of most of it is so small that people get a taste of stuff and think that's all they need and they don't yeah. understand that the person that posted that you know like for example you if you put a, if you throw up a you know couple sentence posts they don't understand that like while the depth of that might be small it took you years to be able to summarize it in that way right and they don't understand that you have the knowledge to back up to expand on that and i think that's the biggest thing that i've seen in like younger people is that they get all of this you know it was saying like it, your knowledge is an uh, inch deep and a mile wide they get all of that and then they don't understand how to actually apply it out of fire um absolutely uh, that is that is right on like uh, absolutely so like this is the problem with social media though too and then everybody's like 
um, ability to not pay attention mm-hmm. is that I don't make big posts. I have curtailed a lot of my posts. Now, I don't make posts for likes and I don't make posts for shares and I don't do them every day. I just do them as they come to me. And it's usually during a, I mess up on a fire or somebody else does or I, during conversation at work and shit just happens. Um, but if I make a long post, people don't read the shit except yeah. the ones that really care. Right. Or they read the and first like two sentences. It. Yeah. And yeah. the problem is, is that I'm not here to write posts and just have a like. I don't want that. Right. What I would like is a discussion. And so a lot of the time, there is people that get pissed off at me and they're like, this page has gone to shit. Uh, I don't even know why you're talking about this. Uh, that's stupid. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Well, they don't understand me. Mm-hmm. Like they've never talked to me on the phone. And the thing is with me is that I am trying to get more discussion. And even if I'm on a different side, it doesn't matter to me. Um, I have learned to try to just suck it in and like ask questions. And like my thought is that the more dis- the more comments on a post, the better. Right. Because there's and there's back and forth and not just one like the ones that like are reply, 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 reply. Those are my favorite because then they start going in depth and then like, you know, they go back and forth and like then you start actually learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and that and, and learning is where the growth happens. Right. Like, sure. the, like that's where we realize that sometimes we're wrong and then sometimes we were just partially wrong. Right. Sure. I, you know, I tell you what, something also um, if you just go through your career and just learn from social media and that's like you said, most of the time, pretty shallow knowledge, unless it gets in, into the depth. And there are some definite bright spots of social media. But yeah. something that I always took a point to do was, man, like get a, a rapport with these people who teach the class. Don't just take someone's class and then forget about them and then take their notes and then put it on a shelf. Like get their phone number and their contact information and actually have a rapport. I mean, how many times have I reached out to you throughout the years for your, your search manual or a question like it, that that's huge right to be able to yeah. directly contact you and you've always sent stuff that i needed um that's that's where i think taking classes really comes in in the you know pays dividends you know i mean don't just take a force monthly class like get the, get the guy's information or the person's information and be able to contact or reach out to that person and like i said kind of have have that professional rapport with that person. Um, introduce yourself, and then don't just so that. Basically, it takes that knowledge and takes it from just a snapshot in time, and then now it's an asset. You know, um, now I can tap that knowledge at my convenience and, and when I need it. You know, whether it's I had a problem at a fire, man, that was weird. I, let me reach out to this guy who taught that awesome class. Um, to be able to have that, I think, is something that a lot of people miss, and then they sit through a class, they kind of check out fifteen minutes in, and. They don't remember anything they learned, you know, a week later. But, you know, um, you're, you're only as, as good or as smart as the people you surround yourself with. And I want to be surrounded by the best, right? So having, like you said, having those resources is important. So not to take up too much more of your time. This has been a fantastic conversation. But uh, wrapping it up, kind of swinging back to building construction stuff. When you get um, either recruits or maybe newer people to your truck specifically, 
what are you doing with building construction? What do you guys do to make sure that they know their buildings? Like, like you said, you guys are doing search, you know, you without a line, whatever. How are you knowing that they know when they roll up that that's a balloon frame or they're in a multifamily and they have these problems? Like what, what is it that your department specifically does for building construction or maybe what you do? Yeah. Um, I mean, so realistically, um, you know, they get building construction, which I've never taken that class from the current fireman that's on a uh, truck four that's in our, with her, um, our Westwood truck. Uh, he he used to be a builder, so mm-hmm. he was a uh, construction before um, he came to Black Fire. So he teaches that. Um, I've never taken the class from him, but what I do know from him now, I have built with him. Mm-hmm. Now I've only built decks with him on my own deck and some uh, covered areas. <laughs> but like uh, terminology and stuff, you know, it's like it, it kills me because like guys will come in. And they'll call a post a beam and a beam a post and, you know, a rafter, a, you know, you name it. Right. Sure. Um, so, like, it's kind of interesting when you start going out on the really actual building construction of, like, what is called what. Um, if you're going that depth, it's like, dude, you have to really break it down. Now, if you're talking about just straight up for, like, what I do and, like, for search and shit, is it more of building construction? Um I feel like I'm going through, like, I'm actually going through our manual right now. And I'm like, fuck, dude. I'm like, dude, I was talking about post-war in here in 1945. We're talking about balloon frame. We're talking about pre-URM. I'm like, oh, we can do a whole different, different, uh, we should do this again sometime. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're Um, studying for the chief's test or the captain's test. Yeah. And and actually get into, uh, can actually get into the building construction we're going to talk about. But, uh, so for us, so I give them pre-homework so i get the first full week of the academy and a lot of that has to do with because like i like to help mold their minds Mm -hmm. and so uh they get pre-homework of like um brian they get the uh what is it fire talk pdx Mm -hmm. um that series so they get brian olson's they get cody trestrell's and then they get um both of mine that are uh size up for for search the interior and exterior and then they um they also get our manual which is pretty much i wrote like a three uh, a three um series article for fire nuggets uh i don't know probably six seven years ago now that broke down that fire x talk that i, I was talking about mm-hmm. like size up like you know from the tones to so it'd be like what's the occupancy Mm-hmm. And what does that tell us? And then, you know, like the, the size of the structure, the era of the structure, the layout, the number of floors. And so they get the video and then the write-up on it. And so when I come into them and we start teaching them um, during that week, they already have that backup. Okay. Now, from there, that is just like, you know, you're just talking about your layouts, right? Mm-hmm. To yeah. guess the construction from the from the outside to the interior and then also help with orientation on the interior um we could talk about that literally for freaking hours um because there's a lot of things that we talk about that happen and there's a lot of things that that like you know like actually like even like hvac vents mm-hmm. um that could be clues but that's not a hundred percent thing mm-hmm. you know as of anything and same with like you know um like anyways it doesn't really matter so, but so then, what they, 
What's going? I mean, like, so you bring up a good point. Like when, when we bring up building instruction, I think a lot of people think we automatically are talking about like what the building is built the components of, or like rafters or trusses or what. But a lot of times, uh, we're we're not from the pedigree of architectural at all. Like we're we're not builders, and um, I think a lot of people miss that context. We want to know. Think about what you're thinking about when you're searching from a building instruction. Uh, perspective we're talking layouts where the stairs are at where's this fire going and why is it going that way you know um rooms that kind of stuff you know uh windows that is also just as much building instruction as what the floor is constructed of you know what i mean so absolutely i think people people Um, miss people miss that that gets lost in translation um i i really don't want to talk about roof decking i don't care Right. You know, I mean, unless you want to talk some some roof stuff, but uh, um, we can get to that later. That's my point. Like, let's talk about some stuff that really matters for the firemen who are inside the building, whether it's extinguishment, truck work or search, you know, which, like you alluded to, is more layout stuff. Um, Whether that that wall is a brick wall or a wood frame wall. Yeah, whatever. That might that matters if I'm trying to get through the wall. But um, exactly. But until that point, you know, so, yeah. So I love that you just brought that up, right? Like there's so much, there's a like literally a, like we can sp- literally speak days on this shit. So if you guys roll up in your guys' area, and we talked about like mine's more wood. I'm a fan of the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> there's a lot of wood out here. Oh yeah, yeah. You guys have a lot of brick. Yep. So if you guys go uh, go into a bedroom and uh, you got a moo moo, like <laughs> you got a heifer inside that's whatever size, right? Yeah. Uh, like we'll just whatever it is how are you going to get them out like to us a window conversion just closing that door if we can is or bringing a line in that window and protecting them in place pretty easy and then just cutting up we'd make a door uh, a window to door conversion sure well that's a little bit different for you guys if you if it's masonry yeah right yeah right so So, that's the thing is we'll go through the floor you know i mean like but we know to do that right like in that particular case probably not going through the floor but that's something that we, we've thought about. You know, if we got to get someone out of this building, is it going to be easier, like you said, cut through two courses of brick, or is it going to be easier just to cut us, get a chainsaw and cut a hole in the floor, right? Or, or protection place. Or, like those or, are all. So, yeah. yeah. Or the wall. Or, the, or you guys could do the, some people, you know, I don't know, like obviously Harrisburg calls it the Harrisburg hallway, but like. Yeah, yeah one, one wall. Yeah, yeah, they do some with the row homes. Crazy. Yep. Yep. You could, you could do that. I mean, sure. you could do that and out the front door if that's what's needed. Yep. But like, um, you know, that's the kind of thing about the size up of these structures, like layouts. Like, but if I told anybody we're going to a one story single family dwelling, 1600 square foot, uh, the bedrooms on the right, you go in the front door, how many feet in are, is the hallway to the right? Well, I don't know. Well, if the bedrooms are on your right, how many feet in are, are the, is, is the hallway? Talking about like a ranch? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, know. you guys, I, we call them a ranch. I didn't want to say ranch because of uh, jargon. I didn't know if you guys called them ranches there. Yeah, I don't know, five, maybe ten feet. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So the pretty much the depth of the room, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, I'm going to guess that those bedrooms on, like, a 1,600-square-foot house are ten by ten, mm-hmm. the ones in the front side especially, because the, the master's going to be on the back side or the view side. And so it's like... Oh, well, the hallway is going to be probably, if it's inset, it's only going to be like you're saying, Lex, it's going to be like, oh, five feet. Mm-hmm. But if it's not inset, it's going to be 10 feet-ish, 10 feet, six inches or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and so that helps us with our search or just sizing that kind of shit up it's just it's uh it's it's an interesting thought that it, it's really easy when we break it down in this aspect and we can have a conversation but if you just throw people in there to search my house they'd be lost <laughs> but right. if you actually took the time to teach them how to read a building because mine's a 2400 square foot ranch with a daylight basement so a daylight basement to us is a basement that has us like a slider out the back mm-hmm. yeah so we call those walkouts. Uh, yeah, just a thing. walkout. Very simple. Very, very common in the Midwest. Every, mm-hmm. First of all, everything in the Midwest has a basement. Very common. Everything has a basement in, okay. in Missouri. Mm-hmm. So now, is a basement a walkout? Not always. Not always. And but the cellar t- is the non-walkout. The, all we have all three. We have either the the interior only, or we have a walkout, or um, some like Bilco doors out the back, as well as an interior. So that's your three okay. options. Yep. So yeah. Uh, yeah. What the heck were we talking about? Oh, yeah, we're just talking about teaching probies and shit like that, and teaching people. <laughs> yeah, just, just um, it's it's funny. You say you say building instruction, and like you, you were talking about, like some people call beams, you know, whatever. And it's, it's that's not what I don't care about. What a lintel is like, we can have that class. That's fine. I'm not saying don't know that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but like, let's let's wrap it in a in a firefighting context here. You know, like yeah, I mean, and I think people. Immediately, when when you say building instruction in the fire service, they think right away to the IFSA chapter of you know that kind of stuff, columns, beams, yeah. floors, all important, sure, very important. But like I said, are you thinking about a lintel beam when you're doing a search or advancing a hose line? It, absolutely not. That's ridiculous. Yeah, so, the biggest part is going to be like I. So I break it down to occupancy because obviously, if you know the occupancy type, so if it's like residential, uh, school. Uh, you know, business, gym, whatever it is, like you can actually tell, you know, what kind of rooms are going to be in there, mm-hmm. what sure. the layout's going to be, what size of rooms, um, and then also what furniture to expect. And that's a big thing. Furniture and, man, occupancy is something that gets lost a lot too. That's yeah. not talked like um, a good one is like automotive shop, right? Like you, see, yeah. you say fire in an automotive shop, man, you got your, what are you thinking right away, right? It's nasty. Storage in a mezzanine and pits. The drop, dude. Right. I'm thinking, yep. how do I get to the offices? <laughs> yeah, offices and, are always uh, interior padlocked. They're a nightmare. Right. And where's the drop? Yep. Where's, where's their, uh, the man pit Yeah, The pits in the mezzanine with the freaking tires, you know. Yep. Um, you So, like, that's always a good one that I think should always be taught. Um, you know, churches, right? How are we getting above the sanctuary? Where's the pipe organ at? Where's the bell at? You know, like, all that kind of stuff. So, like, once again... It just goes to show you, like, when you say building instruction in the fire service, or I'm going to do a class on building instruction, like, that could mean such a wide area of, of knowledge, right? Like, it's it's not just terms of what the building is built about. Like, it shouldn't just end there, right? Like, there should be, it should, there's a whole other more applicable side, I think more practical side to be taught that a lot of people don't teach. And they That's teach true. indirectly. They teach indirectly kind of like you do, you know? Um, you teach search, but you indirectly are teaching building instruction, whether you whether you know it or, or not. You know, so as as we should, everybody should. We should, you know, when we have the fire attack cadre coming in, they should be doing that. Right. Sure. Search cadre, they should be doing that. So one thing I actually wanted did want to hit on, and I, I don't know where we're, talking, we're out of time, but I did want to hit on because you said, oh, we're not talking about the roof, and I'm giving shit about the roof decking and stuff, right? So mm-hmm. how about when you teach search? to a new guy and they're going through a window or their BS or what do you guys want to call it? 
OBIS, BES, doesn't really matter <laughs> to me. Um, as long as we're doing it and we're going beyond the door and searching all searchable space, is that when you break that window, are you sounding the floor? And if you are, why? And if you're not, why? Like, what are the things that we are learning from using that hook or that halligan? Um, I don't know if you guys have an answer for this. Uh, I definitely do. Oh, I if do. You guys want to Go I've, ahead. I've had an interesting experience with stuff under windows, man. Um, it is never just the floor. So I always sweep. You know, I don't want to go smashing some dude's cranium with an axe. But uh, I tell you what, more times than not, it's a sink. I've had fish tanks, um, everything you could possibly. Floor vents. Floor vents with no vents in them. So a hole, that feels great with a wrist. You know, you want to fracture an ulna. Um, I, I mean, I've had some crazy stuff under windows that I don't want to be stepping in or putting my head in. But um, yep. a lot of, so a lot of times I can't really, I can't sound anything. There's something in the way. It's a credenza, a desk, whatever, a TV. Um, but I, I always sweep first if I can. And then I try not to put all my eggs in one basket. And I try to at least have my hand on the ladder or the windowsill before I put yep. all my weight on the floor. But just because yep. the nature of the buildings we're in are so, so bad. Well, like you said, I mean, do you know where the fire is at at this point in time? Is it in the void spaces? Exactly. All that is kind of important to keep in mind, too. Like, especially the buildings that we have, you know, you can very easily have a fire traveling through a void that someone hasn't found yet. So. And that's what's so funny. Like, you know, like the, they used to always teach the, and some of them do, not everybody does anymore, but like sounding into the, into the window. And it's like, hold on, what are you sounding for? What are you doing? I like the sweep. Sleep with your hands, sleep with whatever. And I like putting a tool down because I want to know the depth of my drop. Right. Yeah. Like, is this thing going to be like two feet? Is it going to be like you're talking about a TV or something else? Um, or is it going to be like six feet? But also, uh, did I, is it a two story structure and I'm on the second story? Or is it a three story and I'm on the third story or the second story? Like, mm-hmm. did I see fire in the window below me? No. Then what am I worried about? There ain't no fire below me. I'm not worried about that. Right. Is it on? Is it on grade? Like is it on a, or a slab? Like if, it's on, if I'm in Texas <laughs> or Oklahoma and they got a bunch of slabs, am I really worried about it on floor one? Right. Like so, I want our like this is the era. Like I would I would think this is the era we're in right now. Is the the fire the thinking firefighters that ask why, mm-hmm. and they're allowed to. I was never allowed to in the beginning. Like we just learned what we learned and then we moved on. Yeah, I just but, I just think like when, when we that's not something that's talked about enough from a practical standpoint, is how many times you go through a window and it's like the window you train in, in the burn tower, which is nothing. A, a clean floor, right? Like look in your own house like I'm looking in front of the window right now in front of me, there's a goddamn rocking horse in front of this yeah. window. Like that would be <laughs> if that thing goes I mean, there's numerous ways to tangle yourself up in that rocking horse. Like you would not expect yeah. that, right? Um I mean just like I don't think people talk about that enough. I mean, it's never just a clean transition. It doesn't seem like it is. Maybe maybe I'm just only remembering all the times it isn't. But uh, it's just never that simple, right? Um, I, I think it's because we try to teach the um, the big picture on shit. And, like, until I got a helmet camera, like, oh, yeah. and you really 
break down every little thing. You're like, holy shit. Right. Oh, yeah. I don't, why was oh, I holding oh, the halogen that, that way? Yeah, man, yeah, I, look, I'm really not good at this. <laughs> no, I thought yeah. I was a good fireman. Yeah. But look at dude, the things that I'm doing. I'm like, oh, yeah. this is good, good thing you can't see anything because <laughs> all you would hear is noise. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, but I, knew, I knew in my head exactly what I was doing at those times. But like, so then you, you take, um, you take that, you know, like uh, sounding the floor. Mm-hmm. And so let's like, let's reason that through. And like most of the time, we're not going to do that. And we enter the window and then people talk about sounding floors after they move. And also they talk about like um, crawling versus uh, staying upright. But I, I mean, I don't know how deep we want to get into this. But anyways, let's just talk about sounding floors. Mm-hmm. Sounding floors as you move, like who sounds the floor as you move along now do you do it just to do it or do you do it because you think that there's fire below you now if you do believe there's fire below you and or something of the sort like i will tell you um i i have uh well an fdny uh, actually uh um kevin uh shit who repelled off the side of the building and made some grabs what's that yeah he taught me uh, to say the floor gave way beneath me. When they're doing an investigation, you don't say you fell through the floor. You just say uh, the floor gave way beneath right. me. So he taught me this, I don't know, like probably a decade ago when we were doing some turnout stuff back in Maryland. But um, I was in a fire and the floor gave way beneath me. Uh, I will tell you that sounding the floor would have not helped me figure that out. And then we need what we need to do is we need to talk about this though and really break it down of like sounding a roof is not the same as sounding a floor they're completely different construction and Mm -hmm. we're we're talking about completely different things Mm -hmm. like uh and it it also depends on if you're talking what kind of construction a flat roof you're talking wait right let's say you you don't have shingles of three inches of tar on your floor is what you're talking about (laughs) yeah Yeah. well and like if you're talking about your flooring your beams like uh, or your post, sorry. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> your posts, like, how would I know if the floor beneath me, like, let's say it's a basement or whatever, the posts are compromised or not by just sounding upstairs? Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, that, that's what people don't understand. That is such a shallow diagnostic of the decking, which doesn't tell you shit about the, the like you said, the beams or the posts, you know? They have no idea. Like, I have in my house, I have 90% wood floors mm-hmm. that are real wood floors, top screwed. So my wife and I literally put in, like our house is wood floor, top screwed, mm-hmm. uh, which probably most, almost never anybody's ever seen. And so like, how are you going to know what that's like? Unless you're like, you know, some you know, they did it in like the early 1900s and 1800s. They did like fur. Mm-hmm. They did real, like real fur and, and, and but they, they, um, nailed it same thing and then the rest of it like a lot of it's brick and it's like dude you're not gonna learn shit by sounding my floor uh or hitting we'll just call it hitting my floor you're not gonna you're not gonna learn yeah. anything about I, I guess the only time i've ever uh, other than making sure there's a floor i'm not sounding the floor to see if it's weak i'm sounding it to make sure it's there first off let's get that yeah. out of the way that there's yeah. something there um so i i will stop and maybe maybe sounded again later if I come across a couple of things, whether it's a hole. I come across, say, where I'm sweeping, we're crawling, my knee goes through a hole. If it's burned through, we'll say yep. we're searching the outside of a room, you know, it's coming up through the baseboards. And yeah, you kind of, you kind of, you know, you put a knee through a, the decking. 
okay, well, yeah. now I need to tread lightly. I got some fire in the floor below me. All right, now I kind of do. Now, another one would be if I start feeling myself slanting, right? Well, why am I going downhill all of a sudden? Well, that's not good. Yeah. That, that's obviously um, – that, that's not good. All right. So, so then I might give it a bang, bang around just to see if I get any of that like wobble, you know, um, any reverb back from that. And other than those two things, that's, I, I don't, yeah, I just don't. Um, yeah, you know, absolutely. So, yeah, it's just good to, good to talk about. If we're going to talk about building construction, this is the shit we need to talk about. Yeah, I will, like, I, will definitely, I will definitely, I will definitely, um, I'll, I'll shine off light at baseboards a lot to make sure there's not separation of the floor. Right. Um, but I would say that's something that I do more than sounding because if I'm sounding the floor, I'm not, I'm not using my tool typically what I would use it for. And that's, um, I keep my kind of, I kind of sound the walls with my tool and I keep the hand out. I search with hands and sound the wall with, I keep my, my tool on the wall and I search with my hand. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, well, if you, search, if, if you bring your tool with you, yes. Uh, okay. I rarely bring my tool with me, so I'd have to see it, but yes. Okay. So that's. Kind of, kind of. I, I tap on the wall because that all, I have a 36 inch handle, so that also gives me a little more. I can, I'll tap on a, you know, I'll, I'll hit a window with that tool. You know, what I'm saying I can hear the difference. You know, yeah. so I'm also locating some stuff in that room. Are you bringing it? Are you using the Allegan? I use, a, I use a Boston Ads, man. I got, okay. I got my little special little tool, so from the East yep. Coast. But uh, but yeah, so or or, an, or it's a or an axe. I, I'll grab those. That would be my two things. Um, kind of axe. I use a pickhead axe, so. Oh, I dig it. Yep. <laughs> so, but uh, right. couple, right. couple, couple reasons. Couple reasons. But uh, it's other... one of those buildings dictates tactics and tools things, right? Yeah. So. Uh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, that's just kind of you, you're right though. Like, um, that's something we talk about in in our classes. Is like, man, you gotta understand when you sound the floor, what are you really getting? What are you really getting out of that? You know, like, what is that diagnostic really doing for you? And that's another one of those, like, depth of knowledge things. If you're not explaining to, especially a new recruit, why you're doing it, if they sound the floor, they're maybe getting either a false level of confidence or, or you know, yes. the other way Yeah, around. I mean, we haven't even talked about, like, um, tiled surfaces, right? We haven't talked about anything like the bathrooms and kitchens and, all, I mean, all of that. So, and, like, don't get me wrong. There's been numerous times where I've sounded the roof or the floor and my tool's gone through the goddamn floor. And I'm like, well, shit. Maybe make sure I get that one, but don't step there, you know? Yep. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I've gone through floors. Oh yeah. Um, uh, you know, I've gone through, uh, the foot to the floor below me before I've, um, and I'm like, okay, well I learned from there, but like I was, I was, I was standing after I forced the door and I made two steps that I shouldn't have. I should have got down the ground and I would have felt it. Um, the, the carpet, like, be spongy oh yeah um my bad okay learn from that one and i'm lucky that fire attack uh actually uh knocked down the fire before i got there and then um you know multiple times like you know like obviously uh mobile homes are really soft but like we had a mayday fire uh in october last october and the the roof collapsed on in on us um uh four of our guys and um Afterwards, we have never seen, uh, besides, well, it's almost prison-like, it was four inches of cement with uh, chicken wire in it and then some other wiring hmm. in a house, a, a ranch. Hmm. Um, very interesting. I mean, yeah, there, there's some, uh, you know, 
we should have done some better uh, poking above and whatnot mm-hmm. um, as a cruise. But, you know, you're going to run into things that we can't even figure out. In our, you know, like we'll never even guess right now. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. People who hang like tin ceilings in their living rooms and stuff. You know, what, what, yeah. What's all that about? Right. Like you would never expect that in a house, you know. But, you know, that person had a side business. You know, they, they owned a store and they had some extra tin left over. They liked the look of it and they put it in their house. Like that's just how that's, that's that weird stuff happens, you know. Um, but the but the big thing with that is we need to recognize that something's different. Right. We don't need to realize what it is. We just need to recognize something's different and then be able to communicate that out. Right. Yeah. I, you know, you, that that's huge, right? Like like picking up on nuances and patterns in your buildings and understanding when things aren't adding up. I think that's a huge, and that's something that all comes with experience, right? Um, and that's a big one. With we can go, oh, we can do a whole other podcast on on interior remodels. Right. Oh, when, oh my yeah. God. I mean, all the fires have been jammed up and literally every single one of them, it's because the goddamn rules change mid game. And by that, I mean, I walked into a four family looking building and it was a single family because they decided to move walls, you know? Yep. So how there's no way to know that. No way to know that in, until you're inside of it, you know? Um, and then you start hearing all the, all the red flags on the radio traffic. I can't get to the fire. We got water on the fire. Well, no, you don't because there's still like half a building on fire. So, yep. And you start hearing all that kind of stuff. So yeah, so yeah, interior remodels and you know, when when doors aren't doors and, and walls shouldn't be there and now they are. And and then where you're expecting a wall, there is no wall. I mean, you name it, right? Um stairs that shouldn't be there, that that all of a sudden there's a stairwell there. Um they, like I said, we could talk about remodels all day long. But that's the kind of stuff that will get someone with no experience that there's no that's an unrecoverable disposition for them. Um it, it takes it takes an experienced brain operating at 100% to get yourself out of that situation successfully, um, in my opinion. So, yeah, yeah, and there's like you're saying, like you're you're talking about set, setting that up is like there was a uh, line of du- line of duty death. I was trying to look it up real quick, but uh, it was a um, it was a uh, line of duty death search that um, happened in a what they were they believed was a single family dwelling mm-hmm. um i think this is it uh that actually was a um a duplex mm-hmm. and so the firefighters were on one side fighting the fire and uh, our fire attack sorry fire mm-hmm. attack was on one side fighting the fire and uh search was on the other side and uh the search one of the search firemen died because uh, the the attack team wasn't hitting the seat of the fire. Is it, yeah, I, I, I'd have to look up. I'd have to look it up again and, re, it, and reread it. I, I think uh, he got dis. What happened was he got disoriented, uh-huh. and then um, he was found on floor two without his mask. Okay, so I so, don't exactly know what happened. I'd have to look it up again. I'm just looking at my notes real quick, but like I know that you know, like disorientation. Here's the deal, uh, guys. Is it like uh, fear, going back to like fear and shit, mm-hmm. uh, why we do and don't do things is that disorientation is a big fear on people's uh, minds. Disorientation for search is a, is a rarity for LODDs. Now, just because that's historical and I, I and I've only read all the reports since 2008. Mm-hmm. I don't reread them before that. Uh, I'll read them, but like, I can't keep do- good documentation on them because, because nationally we haven't keep, uh, kept good good data before 2008 mm-hmm. but 
for disorientation for search for line of duty deaths in residential structures is is there's two that I know of. Um, so And you would think by the way people act that it was a lot more than that. You would oh my gosh, you would think it was a hundred a year. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um speaking of disorientation, something I don't think enough people talk about is um when people don't train off on, on Maydays that happen during an evacuation um order right so like it's gone it's things are going south um you're not getting water on the fire for whatever reason uh no you're ordered to evacuate everyone's pulling out the lines are coming out everyone's coming out and all of a sudden someone gets disoriented during that process right they fall um no one knows they even fell and all of a sudden you know the 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 four-man company comes out now there's three oh crap right that's something that i don't think enough people train on because think about what just happened now it's not just a, any Mayday sucks, but now you have a Mayday at the worst possible condition under the worst possible situation. The hand lines are out of the building. You know, you yep. just, I mean, so I don't think, and that's what's occurred in, in, in my experience on my department on the Maydays I've been at, in that it's been someone on a hand line, the hand line was being withdrawn, they got turned around, they hit something, they lost contact with the hand line, and they got spun around, and then everyone left. Right, yep. like that's the worst time to have a mayday, in my opinion, because now a couple of things happen. Everyone's outside now. Everyone wants to go back inside, but think about think about what those people. No one has air anymore. Everyone wants to go back inside, but everyone was just done fighting the fire, so now everyone is on like a quarter of a tank. Maybe vibro alerts are even going off. Well, that that now 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 it's like a triple layer of you're screwed. Um, yeah. So, well, and then why did you guys get pulled out in the first place? That's what I'm saying. Like the conditions are already so bad. You know, I don't think anyone trains enough. I, I don't. I don't think it's trained on enough of the mayday no. during an evac drill, right? Because I mean, that's just the worst case, the worst of the worst kind of mayday, in my opinion. It's not just a lot of the maydays happen during general fire attack. There's companies around. They get located by a, a another company in or close proximity. The the attack lines can still do attack line stuff. You know what I'm saying? Um, but that's not this. This is literally, it's so bad, we have to get out of this building, and now there's someone still in the building. And now no one has air to go back in and get them right away. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so bad. Yep. And I don't think that gets talked about enough. Um, well, and, and so preparation for shit like that, right? So one, is it on our way out of something like that in an in a evac or, you know, abandoned or whatever we're going to do, mm-hmm. um, is it, do you even know the way you came out. So do you, like if that does happen, yeah. do you even know where they could be or is it just going to be a guess? Because like, if you're truly oriented, you should be able to know like, Oh yeah, dude, we were on floor two. We were back here in the, in dude, we were playing by a pool, pool, a, you know, whatever, a pool hall. You came down the stairs. We went this way and that way. And we should be able to like, you know what? This is the last time we saw him. He's going to be, he or she's going to be right there. Right. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's a pretty big deal of orientation. I think that many people don't don't take the orientation part of structures, um, of the building construction and shit, and layouts and eras, uh, serious enough yet. Oh, totally not. I think most people don't really know where they are. <laughs> That's yeah, been my experience. I believe the same. Uh, how many? So here's one for you. How many times have you been? Or heard on the radio screaming for where's the stairs? We can't find the stairs. They're trying to find the fire on the an upper floor somewhere, and no one can find the stairs or basement for that matter. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah exactly. Like, and like, let's say like that could be a whole article in, a, in itself is where are the stairs. You know, like 
Um, Where are the stairs? Yeah. So, but uh, like, like I said, I mean, I mean, you know what, man? We're, we're pushing an hour and a half here. Like, this is yeah. amazing stuff. This is one of our... We're probably going to have to drag this, you back this out This is again. one of our best best shows we've had all year. So, um, Yeah, let's do it. I love, I love the interaction we got going back and forth and stuff. Awesome. And uh, there's, I, yeah, like, believe me, my attention span doesn't go as long as most, like... <laughs> So. I am not that dedicated in my brain. <laughs> oh, well, you've definitely been that way for us tonight. But uh, last question, wrapping it up. Uh, you mentioned your search culture page. If somebody has more questions, they want to learn about search, you're the guy we're sending them to. But will you throw your social media stuff out there, whatever you're comfortable with? So if someone has questions, they can go there. Yeah, yeah. Show up at my address. Let's do a face-to-face <laughs> or at work. Uh, second is let's do FaceTime because that's the, the best. It's like 503 seven two nine two seven three four uh call me uh, i won't answer my phone actually does not actually ring i have it on silent 99.9 percent of the time Same. so you might need to text me and say hey dude i want to talk fire or something first uh if you text me uh you have a 90 percent chance i will not get back to you you can email me justin mcw at live.com uh pretty good chance i won't get back to you for a year or two <laughs> and you can go on social media at search culture or some shit like that and i'll try to get back to you but i'm not very good as well perfect <laughs> hey, I, <laughs> hey, I, I, can, I can i can vouch for your uh your your respondents i thought it was fantastic you got back with me pretty quick i've asked i know throughout the years numerous times for some search stuff and you were right away and got back with me so it was all a huge help there, man. appreciate it Again, appreciate your time tonight, taking you away from your family and kids and stuff. Uh, it was a really good conversation. Hopefully people get something out of it, and uh, we hope you stay safe out there. Uh, be dangerous. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Main Street Firefighting, a podcast by Fire Engineering. We hope it was worth your time. As always, if you have questions or a topic you'd like to discuss, please reach out. Until then, stay safe and have a good night. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.